Informative. Educational. Objective. Inclusive. Comprehensive. This is Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. Good day and welcome to another episode of Progress Report. Updates and conversations from the Government Information Service. My name is Ivan Connor, my lovely co-host Gleneva Hodge. And we have with us today a man that I've known practically all my life. I'm going to get that out of the way now. Um, I call him Teacher Bren. But in his capacity now, he's the Chief Education Officer. He has served as the director at Youth and Culture. Correct. Yeah. He's been a teacher at the Road Primary School. Um, secondary school. Secondary school. <laughs> uh, he has a number of accolades. He studied abroad. He is um, quite the epitome of education, if you ask me. Uh, all I've known him all my life is in education and right, caring right. and dealing with children. Right. Um, but we're here today to talk about education on a number of fronts, a number of angles, Glenniva. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to let you really take the lead on a lot of this today <laughs> because, to be entirely honest, I am still a little bit um, taken back, uh, if I want to say that, by the statistics that were shared about uh, the situation in our schools where mental health is concerned. And even a precursor before we got on air, we were having that conversation again. And we are going to talk about this in depth uh, in the next two episodes. After this one, um, we're going to spend some time talking about mental health where our children are concerned. Mm -hmm. Where the situation in our school is concerned, it's it's alarming. It's something that we have to arrest now, Mm -hmm. and it needs all hands on deck. Um, and it, it, it will bring a charge to all of us as Anguillians to, to be introspective in how we look at where we're at as a country. Um, our mm-hmm. youth, our youth really need us. Um, and that's all I'm going to say on that. But we need to jump into education. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to get into all of those topics. Mr. Romney, thank you for being here. Welcome right. to Progress Report. Before we even get into the heavy stuff um, and, and the mental health stuff, as Ivan said, this is something that we are going to look at yeah. over the next couple of episodes. Okay. Let's start with the Education Development Plan, 2020 to 2025, I think it is. This was recently um, approved, Correct. addressed at Exco. Mm-hmm. What can you tell us about it? What is what does the education development plan say? What does it do? Okay. All right. Let me thank you all for inviting me on, on Progress Report. I do look forward to the episodes, and they're very informative. And thank you all for the work you're doing in bringing out um, what we do behind the scenes to the public sphere. It's very, it's very important that the public is informed um, and empowered with the information that you share. So we do appreciate that. Appreciate you being uh, here. Thank you. The Education Development Plan is a sectoral plan. Um, It's been in the works now for a little over a year. Um, It involves uh, consultations with various um, sectors, with with various sectors and also 
different layers or levels in the education system. It embodies um, our assessment as to where we're at, where education is concerned, and the path forward for the next on, up to 2025. Uh, it highlights key priorities. Uh, and I think what the COVID pandemic has taught us is that we need to uh, be more aggressive with our integration of technology in the teaching and learning process, and that's a priority area in this plan. That's good to know. Uh, it also showed us that we need to focus more on the delivery of the teaching, teaching and learning, how uh, we interact with students, how they engage, uh, how we present content and develop concepts. Uh, that's a key priority for this plan going forward. Uh, the Minister of Education has already announced that she's launching three task force uh, to further study three areas within education, uh, curriculum review and development, okay. uh, leadership and teacher appraisal or, or and so forth, and uh, the final one is on methodology, pedagogy how we teach, how we deliver within the classrooms. So the plan is also um, developed around those three areas uh, to inform those three areas. Those task forces will be launched shortly, uh, and they will have a period of six months to work. Right. So what I will do is encourage the Angolian public. Uh, the plan is very detailed. Uh, it's an easy read. Um, I, I say that the last time I said that, someone said to me, Mr. Romy, that's a long read. <laughs> but for something as significant as education... Yeah, you might want to read it. You right? might want to read and, it. And where can, where, where, can, where can we find this plan? Right. The plan was just approved just last week, I think it was. Um, correct. Yeah, last week. Uh, so it will be made available usually on the government website, and the public will have full access to it. Okay. Uh, in the interim, if anyone would like a copy, they can get that from the, the Department of Education or the Ministry of Education. But we will we do, as we usually do, make it fully available and accessible to the public. Okay. But I do encourage persons, because it looks at, it look at education by sector. So it outlines our plans, our, our policies, and, and, and initiatives for the pre-primary sector, which is critical as our foundation, mm -hmm. and we do need to strengthen and build it. Uh, the primary sector, secondary sector, it looks at TVEC, technical education. It mm -hmm. also looks at um, tertiary education, ACC. Uh, so it, it covers education from the time you enter the system straight until tertiary level. Uh, and I think it's, a, it's worth a read, uh, a review by the public. So take the time. Don't roll back. It's a little bit lengthy. Uh, take the time, and uh, it's important because, especially if you have a child within the system, mm -hmm. you need to have an understanding as to where the uh, ministry and department's thinking is with regards to the development of education. And you might have ideas yourself uh, yeah. to add to those ideas that, are there that you want to share with us. If, if I can add just quickly, now that you're saying that, I remember recently, I think it was the ECCB governor, something I shared on my Facebook page, uh, he, he alluded to the fact that, you know, He's seen too much reliance placed on passing CAPE and CFC. On the, on the academic. And the academic. Right. I saw that as well. Yes. Is this something that the plan considers? Yes, okay. it does. It does. Okay. Uh, because more and more what we are recognizing in education is that we need to transition to uh, a more competency-based type system. Oh. where we focus more on skills developed and the ability of students to demonstrate <coughs> that. And that's what the ECCB governor, uh, that's the point he was making. Right. Uh, 
um, we, we, we are seeing from our industrial partners that the traditional uh, mode of education, although it has its place, is not uh, the only way of us attaining the outcomes you want within an education system. That is if true. If we truly want to reach every child, irrespective to their abilities, irrespective to where they're at. We need to be critical in how we look at education. I, I would be, I would be, it would be remiss of me if I didn't say that. I'm happy that you're looking at the technical aspect. Before my daughter could say Jesus, because she used to struggle with her J's, <laughs> she could have go in a phone and just flip, flip and do what right. she wants. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and the children are right. white. I, listen, right. they're born with a chip. I don't care what anybody right. right. They're born right. with a chip. Right. 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 Yeah, and when you, when you speak about the technical side, I like that we, there's also a greater emphasis and focus mm-hmm. on the technology and yes. integrating Correct. technology. Right. I mean, right. I, I, I am going to just leave it there, but I had mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. own experiences right. with, you know, the school system and technology yeah. and how it was right. embraced right. prior right. to COVID. Right. Um, looking at different systems within Angola, you know, comparing, and I'll say this, comparing both the public system versus the private system and the way how they were able to integrate because it wasn't just, they didn't wait until COVID. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It was an everyday thing in the way that it's integrated. And And I'm very much aware that there are a number of factors that will affect and make certain things possible. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 I'm also aware that there were a number of donations, and if you don't mind speaking to that, Mr. Romney, a number of donations of devices um, to the schools, to right. the public libraries yeah. recently. Um, mm-hmm. How is access to devices within the public school system now? Where do we stand now as opposed to where we were prior to the beginning of the pandemic? Right. We're in a much better position now um, prior to um, coming out from March 2020. Okay. We found ourselves um, in the pandemic. Uh, Yeah, we've had a number of generous donors. Uh, The government of Angola, for example, and uh, too often we focus on our donors, but we don't pay attention to what the government is doing. Since it's a government information system um, (laughs) program, let me start with what the government did. Um, The government responded very quickly uh, by providing devices to ensure teachers were equipped uh, to deliver for us. That's good. Uh, We were very grateful for UNICEF. Um, The government provided 75 devices in in April uh, 2020. Uh, UNICEF provided at the same time uh, 100 devices for us to distribute to the most needy of students. Um, Government followed up in um, 2021 with an additional 50 devices. Uh, ECCB followed up uh, with devices for all teachers at the Valor Primary School. Uh, and that amounted to another, uh, I think it was 30-something devices. And what that allowed us to do is to redistribute devices that were that they had recently okay. to other teachers as well. Uh, and in addition to that, um, we are about to procure about 200 devices because of the kind contribution of Apple, Angola mm-hmm. Initiative, and the Schultz Family Foundation. It was a, a challenge grant. They raised 70000 U.S. dollars, and we're, yes. gonna, we are, we're in the process of uh, finalizing the purchase of 200 devices for students. Right. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. also pleased to announce, and I, I shouldn't be announcing this here. We be like exclusive. We've been working with the Angola Initiative um, um, organization mm-hmm. since March of 2020. 
on an entire sector development ICT plan. Uh, I, I can, the, there's a formal announcement of that on June 17th, okay. right, at the Aurea Kelly Primary School Auditorium. So I'm going to leave that for that. But what I will say with where that plan is concerned, it envisions the full integration of technology into the classroom, and we have donors on board for that plan, and, and the amount of their donation will be announced then. Okay. Uh, so but I'll give you an overview so the public can get excited as we are excited I'm about it. I'm, I'm getting uh, goosebumps getting excited yeah, about yeah, it as we, we speak. We are talk, it, it will be piloted at OKPS. Okay. Um, we are talking about devices for all students at OKPS, uh, devices for all teachers at OKPS. Uh, Promethean smart boards in classrooms, smart TVs in, t in, in smaller teaching spaces, uh, full Wi-Fi access across the campus uh, that could accommodate that type of um, um, infrastructure, uh, and, and so forth. So it's a quite, quite a donation. So, uh, so, so one of the things I often try to do is provide an opportunity for clarification mm -hmm. because sometimes we take the suite Mm -hmm. uh, we, uh, the sour. Right. Yeah. And sometimes we take out of things what we want. Correct. So can you shed any light as into why OKPS, OKPS was selected as opposed to another school? Is it scope? Is it class size? Is what, what went it's, into it's the a, It's a variety of factors. Um, the physical campus was one. Okay. Uh, and, and the current state and condition of the physical campus, it also calls for upgrades, okay. right, to e electricity, data distribution, the whole works. Right. Uh, that was one. We wanted that initial investment done. Okay. Uh, okay. The size of the school, the number of students and teachers was Good. also a factor. Uh, also, um, the, some of the initiatives that they had already begun. Okay. Right, and, and to, to address the challenges that they had. So there were a number of things that went into um, selecting the pilot school. Okay. All right, and it's a fair question, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But what I want to say to all other schools, and I've said this before because we announced it internally with the department, yeah. is that the project does, is not an OKPS project. It's a national project. Right. Where you're just piloting it for one year uh, to, see how, to yeah. see how it goes before we roll it out to the other um, other yeah. schools, That's and we've and we've done that in other projects as well. Where we selected specific Oops. schools because uh -huh. of a criteria to pilot something before it was rolled out to the entire system. Of course, I mean you should you should take those steps. Right. right. Yeah, right. we're we're not opposed yeah. to that. At all. You're going to get <laughs> no, that. No, no, I know. Right. But I know. But I have to say that. Right. Right. Yes. It's a legitimate question for the yes. public. I, I understand. That's fine. That's not a problem. But we are excited about it because we have the framework in place with this project to fully integrate technology in a real way across the sector, right? And we have that's donors who are, who are willing to work with us. So that's, that's really, that's really exciting. good. Yeah, it is always, it's always exciting to hear when, you know, members of the community and corporate partners are willing to come in and their civic engagement and to give back to the community yes. and to ensure because education is the bedrock of any society. Correct. You know, if we put into education at the end of the day, these students are going to become employers and business owners and mm -hmm. entrepreneurs yeah. at some point. Correct. Parents. And, uh, pa <laughs> Very important. Parents. Parents. Yes, the, but in order to be productive members of society, we expect that the level of education, the type of education that they're receiving yeah. is one that is applicable to the type of world that they're living in. Yes. Correct. And and I so I'm really excited to hear about this. I'm excited to hear, you know, about these advancements. Mm -hmm. 
I do have to ask. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of primary school where we, when we come to the secondary level um, education, the rollout, and I'll, I'll say, I don't have much experience with the secondary um, mm-hmm. level education here, <laughs> other, other than as a, as a parent, I should say, yeah, as a parent. Um, and it's been too long since I was there for me to make any comparisons. <laughs> why did she have to go there? If it was so long for you, what was it for me? So why did she have to go there? Like, because, because the wall that we live in has changed so much since I, I was there. So I that is I did not why. need an age check today. <laughs> I'm just saying, I did not. I, I, I checked myself earlier when I started calling him teacher Brent because that was an age check for me, so imagine for him. It's, it's, it, no, you, it, you're going to mess a, with him. It's a humble boy. But where where are we in terms of secondary education in Angola, the integration of technology, and just overall? And this will kind of lead us into the next yeah. part that we're going to yeah. get into. Yeah. The, the, we have good news on that front as okay. well. Um, as you're aware, we are, we are currently f- um, finishing up the construction of the new secondary school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that entire um, campus was constructed for today and for another 50 years into the future, right? Uh, the very design, the very facilities, the very um, uh, the, the way technology is integrated into the, to the plans and accommodated for is exceptional. If we had what we have right now at a new site at every other school will be in heaven in terms of where, where we are. Now, we do have it at some primary schools with the new belts. So okay. Adrian T. Hazel, uh, the new s- section of OKPS, the new school, Mars Vanderpool Primary. Uh, and we do have that mm-hmm. level of um, integration already, the infrastructure at oh. least uh, in place. But the new secondary school will also come outfitted with some of the stuff that with the stuff that we are literally doing now at OKPS. So I had, a, I had the pleasure of actually going there and walking and taking some pictures. Mm-hmm. And you can find them on the government's page. It's massive. It's massive. There's no, there's no question about that. <laughs> no, so hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I've heard people complain no. that it's too big. I, first of all, I don't know, I don't know how government going to pay to clean it, much as do anything else. But it's massive. Yes. So are, are we saying then that we... And this might go a little way, but are we saying that, that that we expect growth in our children population? Are we saying that it's going to be used for a bit more, much more than that? Night school, for example, and what's what's the overall plan? Because yeah. it's massive. It's massive. <laughs> uh, yeah, w- w- one of the things that we need to 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 recognize, and I had a conversation with a, a group of persons in the community the other day on this very same matter, uh-huh. discussing the size of the school. Uh, I am not a, a builder, contractor, or architect. So I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't account for the, for the overarching sites. Uh-huh. But I can account for the facilities that are in there. Yeah. Uh, and we've done something with that new structure that we were unable to do when we built the current structure, was to fully accommodate uh, all our technical vocational areas. Okay. Right in the way they should be accommodated. Okay, so there's uh, no separation anymore. Is what you're saying? So we won't have that site. Oh, it's not at Crocus Hill anymore. We won't. TVET and stuff will be incorporated. There's what you're saying. Right, but the TVET block is is not complete. Is not built as yet. Okay. Right, but we do have some technical areas that have already been constructed. Like okay. Home economics, those areas. Yes, and, sir, and, so, and so, so forth. All the, we have an IT block for the fort. I think you guys built for COVID because the classroom size. Nobody have a problem with social distancing. I'm not <laughs> right, even right. That's what I'm saying. We, we we've built. We, 
there's a lot of thought went into the planning process okay. to ensure we have we get a campus that's fit for purpose okay. and that can take us forward because okay. it's a significant investment. I want you to repeat that because then somebody probably still thinking that we just build for building sake. A no, lot of no, 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 no. <laughs> you cannot you cannot visit that facility uh, and think we're just building for building sake. No, a lot of thought went into the planning process uh, to ensure the building is fit for purpose. Um, mm. The classroom sizes, uh, the ventilation, simple things like ventilation. Yeah. Um, the facilities, because we're offering a comprehensive education package mm -hmm. to our, our country. We mm. need to ensure... we have time to touch on that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to ensure we have the, the technical labs, the support right. labs, the teaching classrooms, and all the uh, associated facilities, uh, student support services, SEN. Long gone are the days where somebody's going to have class under a tree, like literally. Right. Because so, that so, happened to me in high school. Oh, right. We had like, classes under the shed, the shed <laughs> you know? So those yeah. things are gone. No, it's a modern campus. I think when the Angolan, when it's open and the Angolan public is able to actually visit and see, yeah. I, I think they will be pleased with the outcome. I, I, I have no doubt about that. Uh, like I said, I'm not an architect. I can't speak to the size of the buildings. <laughs> right? But I, I, when I go there, I'm in awe as well with regards to the size. If I visit Adrian T. Hazel, I'm mm -hmm. at all with, mm -hmm. with regards to this. I can tell you one thing, and I'm not, um, I'm not being facetious, I'm not joking. Mm -hmm. The teachers and the students are going to be fit walking around. <laughs> but, so, um, I know, I, that, that leads <laughs> no. me right into... <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's a gripe of mine that I, I see, and I do have to ask, because while I can appreciate that it is fit for purpose, mm. what about accessibility? Yeah. These are not one-story buildings. No. no they have elevators. We have elevators. And, they have and, ramps. And ramps. Yeah. Awesome. And the yard pave. Okay. And it's, 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 you feel like you're on a, com, a university campus. Mm -hmm. that's, the the blocks, feeling, that's the feeling. I the blocks feel like that. Like, I honestly, I honestly yeah. felt like, like I was back in school walking the house. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't do, the, don't do the very floor I, and use. Is I, like, I, I, get, I get close to it every single day, but I've never, I've never been. I get very close to it. <laughs> the funny but thing I'm, is, right, I told a teacher the other day, I feel so envious of you guys because you guys are going to be teaching and working in this facility. And you came through the grunt. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All they had at the road school was probably like rocks. It, is, is, that, is that not you know? our purpose to always make sure that we leave something better that, for that, those that who are coming true. behind? Listen, they ain't going to stand pipe, so maybe our, our athletics and stuff gonna yeah. drop right to the floor because you know it's the point water that have the children running so strong. I, I, that, I, I, that is so true. <laughs> but, but we have a lot to be thankful for and grateful for. We do in terms of where we are, where we are advancing, how we how we are making progress. I think the public should be pleased with. We we do. Uh, and our children, I hope they recognize how grateful they should be um, for for the facilities that are there. I I do have a question. You know we. Speaking about the physical facilities that mm -hmm. are there, and this is this is not to knock on anybody, Excellent. any Excellent. teachers. Excellent. <laughs> my, but my question is, with the technology that we have and the availability for advancement, mm -hmm. are our teachers equipped to be able to deliver? what is needed. Correct. And, and excellent. Uh, and I, I think if Mrs. Carty is listening to this, she'll, she said, she will be um, clapping and saying, perfect question. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is something that is um, something that she repeats repeatedly. It's important to have the facilities, mm. uh, but what's equally important 
uh, is what we are doing with the facilities, how they are utilized and how prepared our teachers are to, to, to take full advantage of the facilities. And also how we deliver referring yeah. um, specifically to the teaching and the process. What we are doing is, in addition to, um, with, with the help of our partners, OECS and, and the Joint Board of Teacher Education, the Caribbean developed a, a course on distributed learning and pedagogy, um, looking at teaching in various, varying environments and mm -hmm. what the pedagogy look like, what the new understanding is and how that should go about. Um, OKPS teachers who are starting this new project pilot. All of them will be trained in that in the summer months. Mm -hmm. And okay. we, are, we are also having discussions, well, OECS is having discussions with the joint board to extend that to all teachers throughout the Caribbean region. Okay. So the pedagogy is critical. Okay. The teaching and learning, trust me, if we, if we don't get teaching and learning uh, right, True. we can build buildings from now until kingdom mm -hmm. come. Mm -hmm. We're not going to get the outcomes that we want. Because it's not the buildings that are going to give you the yes. outcomes. Yeah. So, okay. Mm -hmm. Not to not to put a pin here. Mm -hmm. I I say it openly, and I will say it again. I look in the camera. I taught mm -hmm. uh, for a brief stint. You taught me. Hey, why did you do that? <laughs> <laughs> why did you do that? No, I taught for. <laughs> you taught what? <laughs> oh man, I taught for a brief stint out of high school, out of Six Farm. And I often tell people I would never do it again. Mm -hmm. I tip my hat to the teachers. You have to have a special love. Oh, yes. An unction of the anointing and the Holy Spirit <laughs> endowed with patience to teach. And I, I see teachers often, time and time again, taking out of their own pockets. Mm -hmm. Teachers' salaries in the summer... Don't go to any vacation. It go to buying stuff to put on the walls in their classroom. It go and the amount of teachers that have children in their classrooms that they feed on a daily basis, that they get books and all sorts of things for. It is a a, a thankless job in the immediate stage, but they they get a sense of pride. I think there's a special place in heaven for all teachers, granted. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not even mm -hmm. trying to stroke anybody's ego because mm -hmm. I couldn't mm -hmm. do it. I care for people. You know me, I care for people. <laughs> right, right. But I cannot, I cannot put myself in that environment. Mm -hmm. Day in, day out. Day in, day out. And, and it's always thrust upon them mm -hmm. to learn more, to try to better this, to try to better that. Right, right. So what I'm getting at is like what's in place for teachers... Mm -hmm. Not just from the education the, um, department perspective, but if you know of anything from government level mm -hmm. that would say, hey, we know that you're going this way. We know that you have these challenges. You have these concerns. Mm -hmm. Who's who's listening to the concerns of the teachers? We have a rise in violence in the schools. Mm -hmm. COVID, the, ch the teachers have their children at home to deal with, but still was trying to teach online. Correct. Like, and and outside of the nurses, that, that the premier alluded to this the other day burnout. as well. The burnout, like how is that being addressed? Because I don't think they've stopped. They've been the children. I'm not I'm not downplaying what happened to our children, mm -hmm. but the teachers were equally are even more impacted by those things. So right. I understand that we are we are looking ahead and and trying to integrate technology. So if that happens again, mm -hmm. we'll be ready. But immediately yeah like what's being done to address you, you, you recognize the running theme it's the mental health and then and, right and being able to say mm -hmm. we are now recognizing that the mental health of persons right right 
is important. Critically right. important. Right. Okay. You sell a lot. Let me try to unpack it <laughs> as, as best I can. Let, uh, let, let, me, let me say this. I agree with you entirely on your assessment or your view. Or, or, you did a good profile of our teachers. Uh-huh. Okay? Let me, let me put it that way. Uh, they are hardworking. Um, they go way beyond um, the call of duty. There's no question about that. I, I am not um, going to argue with that. Uh, and they fill so many gaps mm-hmm. uh, in, in our system. The way we are responding to that is doing our best to, to say to them and, and for the Department of Education to be more responsive mm-hmm. to that. Because I'm going to be honest with you, I was one of those teachers who used my salary, you know that too. Of course. To do everything. <laughs> everything. Right? Can't um, buy guys got to walk to school the next day. <laughs> <laughs> right? What we've said to them with regards to some of the investments they're, they're, that they've been making that mm-hmm. really and truthfully are government investments. Mm-hmm. Um, let's put an end to that, right? Okay. Uh, so we standardize certain things. They're the classroom colors and, and um, the, the painting classrooms to one color. Okay. So government can procure in bulk and provide the painting. Lovely. And what we've done over the last two years is also did the painting. So we mm-hmm. said to teachers, step back. Okay. We're going to take care of that for you. Yeah, I've painted right. a few classrooms. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Um, we've also communicated to principals and to SMTs for the various schools that we do a comprehensive resource list. I'm not saying it's not so that we can do our best to supply what teachers need right. and reduce their dependence on take, putting their hand in their own pocket to get it. Uh, we've also taken that step a, co- okay. a couple years back. Um, we are also encouraging teachers to communicate more with us because the challenge that we have a lot of times we really don't know how we can be of assistance right. okay. and communicate more with us and we've seen a lot of results with that. But they right. come up and say they will come to us and say, "Hey, Mr. Romap, things are challenging. I'm not doing well in a particular area, and we can direct assistance and support services where we right. can." Right. Um, and, and we've had good outcomes where that is concerned. Okay. Um, I want to touch on the mental health because mm-hmm. too often we ignore teachers in this regard, mm-hmm. right? Because um, we, we, we feel at times that um, teachers, teachers uh, don't require the type of support and assistance that everyone else needs. I don't know why we think teachers are superhumans. Because <laughs> because they are. <laughs> so we so we so but we even so superhumans we need support. I understand, but right. they're nurses, they're doctors, they're psychologists, they're mm-hmm. cooks. Right. Everything they are. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. They're, they're everything to, to to most persons, and you're you're absolutely correct. So what we've identified during the COVID situation, because we realize teachers are also mothers and sisters mm-hmm. and children and and so forth. They have challenges at home and they're dealing right. with their own issues. Um, we provided some uh, support um, pathways okay. that were, were, were communicated to teachers that they can access, um, whether it's from psychosocial support or, mm-hmm. or just forums of teachers, you know, where teachers can come together and discuss issues or challenges, share ideas, and so forth. Right. Uh, we, we, we've done that. We've done that with local partners. We've also did that with regional partners. So some teachers we prefer to be part of a group that they don't know anyone. Right. Uh, and working with OECS and UNICEF, um, there were regional teaching discussion groups um, formed during COVID to offer support. So teachers can just vent and talk about the challenges and get I- share ideas and so forth. And That's no one necessary. needs to know who and an- mm-hmm. anyone. That's necessary. Anyone is. All of that was in place during this. We had we had um, 
local um, counselors and stuff that were available to support teachers and their families if they so request that support and or desire that support. And we've had teachers who requested it and, and received support. When teachers request um, referrals, for psychosocial support to professional counselors or psychologists, we, we facilitate as much as we can. Um, so, so we do recognize uh, we need to, to, um, to look at the overall well-being of our teachers. Uh, we've done a number of sessions on that, on managing stress during COVID, where all teachers were involved. We've mm. done sessions on financial management. We've done sessions during COVID. We've done sessions on just coping. In, yeah. in, in, profession, in the professional arena during COVID for teachers. So we've done a lot to try to ensure we were given the information and support that teachers need That's uh, to, to get through this difficult um, period. Um, I hope I covered everything. Did I miss anything? I, I think you, you I, did. I, I think so. Uh, well, the violence I, one I wanted to deal with separately. I, don't, I, I purposely and, didn't discuss that. And, and we're going we're gonna to get into yeah. that when we... Because we've now spoken about the well-being and the mental health of mm-hmm. teachers. And we're going to shift the focus a little bit more now onto the well-being and mental health of students. Mm-hmm. And, and when we get into violence, I think it covers both students and teachers. Mm-hmm. But we heard the premiere um, when he was on the previous episode and he gave us some stats that mm-hmm. I think he said one in five students considered suicide at one point mm-hmm. is this something that the department is cognizant of what are you doing how can we help mm-hmm. i think a lot of times we ask what are you doing what's going on but we tend to take ourselves out of the equation mm-hmm. how can we help right uh yeah I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, and, and I, I know for a number of Angolians it might be a little bit surprising, but um, suicide is an issue in our society. Um, we've had situations, multiple situations over the years, um, where we had to deal with young persons who've contemplated suicide and also persons who attempted. And we, we thank God that they were not successful, right? Um, the signs of students who are children or young persons who are struggling with suicide, they're very clear if we pay close attention. Um, one of the things we are trying to encourage right now in our school system, and we've been doing this for years, this is nothing new, uh, and trying to empower our counselors to do more and more one-on-one sessions with students uh, so we get to know our students, know what their challenges are, what, they are, what their concerns are, and, and try to bring stuff out of them them to talk more about it and let them see the support services as being there for them to help them get through these things, um, these challenges. Uh, and we also do, we don't, we don't only do these one-on-one sessions, we also do group sessions because it's important. I think a lot of our students struggle with acceptance and some of our, our, some of our young persons can be unkind. Mm-hmm. We need, we need and, and, and parents need to understand, and this is where we're, we're on, on know on what we can do. Uh, parents need to understand that with their children, they need to have conversations. How we treat one another is important. Um, not everyone is alike. Uh, a simple statement can, 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 can cause harm, mm-hmm. um, social and mental harm to a child. Right, uh, a simple look, um, how you treat persons, and, and too often when we are young, we are not cognizant of how our actions impact other people. So what we you do know. within schools, 
uh, is try our best to teach our children how to be kind and considerate of others, how to put yourself in another person's position and try to understand that some of our actions are not welcomed and, and, and can be harmful and hurtful. Uh, how, how is that going, though, if I can be honest? Because it's it's a struggle and it's something that I, I've already told Leniva. I don't think that I can have that conversation because it can get to be very emotional mm-hmm. for me and for everybody in the room. Mm-hmm. But that mm-hmm. that is the reality that we face. And it's, mm-hmm. it's painful and it's hurting because you have some children that can't even open their mouths to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 they have no escape. And when a child is going to resort to to wanting to end it all, we've reached a really low place in society. Yeah, and my eyes are here swelling up, and I don't <laughs> intend to Ooh. go on with this because mm-hmm. you see it every day. Mm-hmm. And on uh, that, and, you, and you're absolutely right. These the, the conversations are difficult, and I think sometimes that's why parents don't engage in those conversations mm-hmm. with children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I want to say this to parents because. We also see at times a lot of resistance from parents to the children speaking with counselors. And, and that's a challenge. Sometimes it's the children that actually need that assistance. We get a lot of resistance from parents. Um, I, I can give you a, a situation where a, a support service professional at the department reached out to a parent and told, told the parent in no uncertain terms, your child needs this additional support. Uh, and these are the concerns we've noticed. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven down the road. And the parent looked at it and said, no. And I, I said to the parent, I said, when, they, when, I, when I met with the parent, I said, okay, the support don't need to be provided via the school system. Okay? Now that we've raised this to you, are, are these concerns that you think are legitimate? No. I said, and I said, uh, can I then encourage you? Can you seek advice? external to the education system on how, how to address this matter. Because these concerns are real. We, we, we've witnessed them. We, we, we've observed the child. These things are there. Can you seek advice? And the, and the child, and the parent looked at me and said, Mr. Romney, no one counseling my child. Okay? So what we, the best we can do within the education system is continue to monitor the child and provide group and overarching support to make sure everything goes well. But the parent... Uh, parents need to be cognizant that we don't... The world that our children um, are growing up in is not the same world that we grew up in, right? The challenges are a lot more intense. Different children respond differently um, to things within their environment, Mm -hmm. and we need to create an atmosphere where children can talk, where they can voice concerns, where they can... You can't be telling a child, you don't need this, you don't need that. Especially when the child is reaching out and showing you through different actions that they do need assistance, right? I... I, I saw I'm going on. No, no, I, 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 I want you to go on. And um, I'm taking this in as a parent, mm-hmm. as someone who walks with mm-hmm. children. And, you know... Sometimes it's hard as a parent to hear you're not doing a good job because that is sometimes how the that is but, sometimes how it's but, internalized. Right. I'm I'm glad you said that. That's how it's internalized because that's not the, that's not what it means. Challenges a, ch- a child is having is not a reflection, reflection of, of the, the right, but it is, is sometimes right. internalized that right. you are saying right. Right. that I, the parents, am doing a bad job. Correct. 
And that's not necessarily what it means. It just no. means that this no. child and needs we additional... And we communicate that to parents. We do our best to communicate that so to parents. So, I have a question, and mm-hmm. I brought this question up to Dr. Webster, and I know this sits with our legislators and not necessarily with the department, but the department can agitate for certain things. Mm-hmm. These are some of the things that we're going to get into next week. But legislation surrounding mental health... And what authority does the school have to step in when a parent is essentially... At, at which point do we recognize that mental health is as important as physical health? And if we were to see a child being physically harmed, the system would step in. Correct. And we have the, 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 the legislative framework for that. To already. do so. But now we are saying that we are seeing children who need the mental health support... Mm-hmm. But we don't have the ability to step in and say, I can override the parent to ensure that this child is overall mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. So is, is that something, given you know, the, the resistance that you've seen, is that something that have been discussed? Is it something that's in the works to ensure mm-hmm. that the same way that we would react if it was something physical, mm-hmm. that we can do something about it when it becomes mental yeah. health. I, I think um, we, we do have the legislative... We do have some... Um, we do have a legislative framework to provide mental support, right? I, I do believe an independent mental health bill is needed in Angola. Right? It has its mm-hmm. place and its function. And I, I, I do hope and pray government moves in that direction. But within the um, social development sector... We do have um, the legislative elements to, to, to um, provide support. Uh, the Department of Education is very limited, though, because there's a clause in the Education Act that states um, the right, the wishes of a parent um, with regards to the education of the child should be respected. I, I get all that. I, right. I, I'm sitting here, I'm quiet, right? Right. Because you know how I can get. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get all that. Right. But in the same breath, these children spend mm-hmm. eight hours of their day mm-hmm. under the care and supervision of the overarching umbrella that is the education department. Mm-hmm. I was a latchkey child. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know what it is, mm-hmm. Mr. Bernard Watley taught me this in social studies. Mm-hmm. And I understood the definition of a latchkey child. We have more latchkey children in our society today mm-hmm. because tourism continues to take our parents out of the home before the child gets up. The children get up, get themselves ready to school, mm-hmm. go take, to school, extracurricular activities, take mm-hmm. care of themselves, come home, take care do, of their siblings, take care of their siblings, do yes. everything else, yes. and the parent comes home. Now, I'm not done crying the tourism industry, mm-hmm. but I'm saying we have all these limiting factors and hurdles mm-hmm. that's that 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 puts us in a very precarious mm-hmm. position, mm-hmm. in a very unique position. Mm-hmm. Are you trying to tell me that with the pressures that the education system has to go through, with the pressures that a teacher has to go through, you are trying to tell me as a parent, and any parent who there is offended, mm-hmm. well, you can pick it up with me elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You are trying to tell me that the education department, not one person in the department, counselors, teachers, everybody would have identified something in your child, mm-hmm. and you're going to say no? And when this child becomes a burden to society, you're quick to wash your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want to add to that, though, 
in extreme cases, there are protocols and policies in place and legislative framework to address those. Uh, we, we can, the, the Department of Education will not have the authority to compel, but we can work with our partners, the Department of Social Development and, and, and through the court system, where we think situations are, rise to a certain level that um, intervention is necessary, especially if we think the, the, the well-being of the child is at, at play, we can intervene. We do, have, we do have those protocols and that authority to intervene, working in concert with our partners. We do have it. It's there, but it's really in situations where we can see an immediate harm. So we throw out the idea that an ounce of prevention is a pound of cure. And so it's unfortunate that it has to get to those extreme levels before something, there's an intervention. I would like to see that intervention being... It can be. It can be in the initial phases if we can identify the threat or the harm or the potential but, harm. But how do, we, how do we measure the levels mm-hmm. of the threat? Because then, again, for me, we're, we're, we're dancing, and this is, this is mm-hmm. no offense to present company, mm-hmm. but you know how I feel about these issues. We're dancing, we're dancing with devil on a lot of things here in Angola, especially where youth development and education, our children is concerned. Mm-hmm. Thank God we don't have to, to go through some of what we see externally, we see on the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, that's, this, that's this stark reality. Mm-hmm. There's drugs in the schools. Mm-hmm. There's drugs on the school buses. Mm-hmm. There's weapons on the school buses and in yes, the schools. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so, so what are we saying? What are we saying if we don't want to, to attack this thing head on? We get up on the radio, we get up on TV, we get up in our churches, we get up everywhere, and we say everything else other than dealing with what's in front of us. And our youth is at stake. And if our youth is at stake, our nation is at stake. How much longer? How much longer? And I, I didn't want to get here because... <laughs> I, I, Ivan warned me before this show. <laughs> I told them if I don't and you, want to go here. And usually, I am the one that... <laughs> but I, I realize that when you're dealing with two passionate people in the room, that one has to be, you know... And yeah. I share your sentiments, Ivan. Yeah. I share them. I Again, we're parents. We're all parents in here. I think we're all parents of children the same age yeah. <laughs> in here. And so our concern uh, as parents are uh, as community persons in your professional um, capacity as a chief education officer. Again, I'm going to ask, what do we do? Because it cannot be a single that no. is, if, if no, anything is, is clear to me, mm-hmm. is that we cannot expect, and I'm, I'm just going to have to say this, we mm-hmm. cannot expect that we're going to heap this mm-hmm. on the mm-hmm. education department and teachers. No, we all have a part to play. Mm-hmm. And when we speak about, as parents, how we speak to our children, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm literally going to, for those of you who are going to watch this eventually, Do you wake up in the morning and tell your children that you love them? Do you drop your children off and tell them, have a great day. I love you. You pick them up from school. How was school? Did you have a good day? What did you do? Who did you interact with? And when you put them to bed at night, I love you. Those three words. And and I've done sessions with students. And you'd be surprised how many parents... 
And how many students, I should say, they say, they say that they don't get that from the parents on a regular basis. It starts at home. It starts within our community. And when we speak about how we speak to our children and what our children are taking in. When we listen to a lot of the vitriol that is spewed within our communities, that it's spewed on our airwaves, and I'm going to have to say it. We cannot expect our children to soak up that vitriol and then push out something positive. What we put out is directly related to what we put in. What we sow is what we're going to reap, and that's what the situation that we're dealing with right now in the country. Um, let, you a lot to unpack again. <laughs> uh, let me let me start. Um, I want to impress on the public, because this is a report, right? A mm -hmm. progress report. Um, we are not waking up to any nightmare situations uh, on radio, on Facebook, uh, concerning violence or, or um, bad conduct by students, right? Like some countries are currently doing. Uh, we are at a transition point uh, where if we don't get our policies right, if we don't get the level of community engagement right, uh, if we don't reach our children and, and do so quickly, that we could be waking up to those scenarios. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to scare anyone, I'm just being very um, direct. If, you, if persons been following press releases on violence in schools from the Department of Education, we've been addressing these issues and been communicating with parents and telling the public the actions we are taking. You mentioned the school bus situation. Uh, we were so, we got so concerned about the school buses and the level of um, violence that were occurring on those school buses and persons walking with weapons and the inability of bus drivers to monitor while they were driving that we had to put security guard on buses and and nobody would nobody would would think that that's a problem. You exactly. see security guards on, on on jail buses with wardens, correct? Not with children. Right. And I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna. We, we had to do it because it was, the, it was the quickest, immediate response to the safety of all um, persons on that bus, on buses. Uh, and we had to do it. Our intent is, um, is to replace those um, security guards with bus wardens, right? Um, and, 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 uh, and we are hoping to get there, get there shortly. But we had to address the conduct of students on school buses, right? Because you will have quarrels and fights breaking out. And the bus driver is driving and focusing on the road, and he will talk and talk, and they won't listen. So we had to provide that assistance to bus drivers uh, in an immediate way, just to prevent anything from happening um, that we will later regret, and to ensure the safety of all children using the bus service. The situation with weapons, students taking weapons to school, is grave. It's alarming. Right? This school year in particular, the frequency at which we intercepted, and when I say we, I'm referring to the security staff at the school, intercepted uh, weapons, uh, are discovered or were able to locate weapons hidden on the school ground and turn them over to the Royal Angola Police Force. It's alarming. Teacher Brian. Right? The, the, the frequency of fights with students on their way to school 
on the way from school, fights during the school day. It's alarming. We had to also increase security guards to do perimeter patrols of, of the school to ensure that areas where teachers or custodians or the, the security officers by those uh, can't see that we had security officers moving around the campuses on an ongoing basis to prevent um, things. What I want to say to the public is, and what we are recognizing too is that our students, what, 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 what is coming into the school environment is stuff that's happening in the community. It's not stuff that's originating from the school for the most part. It's oh. stuff that is present in our community and they're bringing it. A lot of our students are fearful. Yeah. It's gang related. They are fearful of their peers. And they're not bringing weapons to really use it. They're bringing weapons for protection. Right? They, they, they are so fearful that they, they, they feel they need that added protection. Although the school itself is very secure. Right. Right. Our schools are secure um, uh, for the most... Our schools are... I can say that confidently. Yeah. Our schools are secure, and the evidence we point that out, the challenge is how do we communicate that to students, our children, our young people who are fearful of gangs, fearful of their peers or because of their association with gangs, are fearful because of the community they are coming from, or threats that were made to them. Right? And this is something that we are working very closely with with PAVE, Partners Advocating for Violence Eradication, that's chaired by Hyacinth Bradley mm -hmm. and the Royal Angola Police Force. And right now we are working on a joint um, initiative with the, with the Commissioner of Police to actually provide support to, to, um, to families where these children are coming from. So, right? so, so one of the things I don't want us to overlook, because if you say it here, they might think it's just speculation when they hear it on the road. Mm -hmm. But the drugs in the schools, yes, the pills and the, these things don't make here. So, so, so these things are getting here somehow, right? And it's not children, twelve to thirteen year old, without IDs, going to pick up these things wherever they're getting them from. I, I, I want to just stop and mm -hmm. reiterate something that you said, because I think when we speak about drugs. A lot of times you think marijuana, yeah, right? And marijuana <laughs> has been around. And marijuana has been around a long time. Yeah, but I think we need to expound on what types of drugs we are talking about. You said pills. Yeah, we are looking at ecstasy, Molly, whatever. Molly. I know some of them abuse Adderall and. I don't even know what that is. Adderall is an ADHD medication that so they give that high. they give that they so give students, I mean persons who are hyper. Uh, so it mellows them out. So they're abusing Adderall. Wow. So yes, you have the prescription medications, you have those other pills that are out there mm -hmm. and are being used and abused. Mm -hmm by our students. And I think it's important that we point out when we speak about drugs that we clarify exactly what we are talking about right, right, right. so that we don't just think, oh, well, and, somebody rolling up and, a spliff. And I, no. I just want to add some, one, one drug to your list that you didn't mention, mm -hmm. alcohol. Okay? That's a, common, mm -hmm. that's a common one as they're well. They're drinking in school? Well, they're drinking prior and, and, well, getting it into school is a challenge because of the security of right. the school. But if you're uh, going to school drunk. But you, <laughs> yes, 
they come into school drunk. You can smell it on their breath. And we do have a, a few students. I, I, we have a, a number of students that we can comfortably call having an alcohol problem, right? Um, so don't underestimate alcohol. And, and, and I'll, 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 I, I can't take right? that. That's another, that's another one. I want, I want to say this to parents, right? With all these challenges, parents, parenting is a, is a, is a, um, it's a proactive engagement. You, you mentioned earlier um, about, and very passionately, and for someone who uh, I can see, see their children on a regular basis, I love you. Yeah. Right? Um, I, I don't do that. I, sorry, I didn't say I don't do that. <laughs> well, I hope my daughter wasn't listening to that one. Miami <laughs> show, I do that, it is. <laughs> I do that all, all the time. I do it all the time. And myself, my wife, we do that all the time, repeatedly. Uh, this morning, I was taking a show when my daughter left. Right, and it really touched me. Uh, she didn't get to say goodbye to me. Or, uh, I love you. And uh, while I was in the shower, I heard my phone, the, the, the sound of a WhatsApp coming in. Um, it sounded like a door knocking. Right, that's that's the sound I have for WhatsApp. Um, and the vehicle was driving out of the yard. So when I got out of the shower and I drove it, I usually go to the phone in the morning early because usually it's. It's mm-hmm. used with schools that I need to address. Mm-hmm. So I, I pick up the phone and look at it. And a simple message, Dad, I'm leaving. Love you. Have a good day. Right? You need to, cu- parents need to cultivate that culture mm-hmm. with their children. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's, it's so critical. It tells them you care about them. You're concerned about their plight. You're concerned about how, how, how they're doing. And they're going to reflect it back to you. Of course. Right? And just, and, and that's a way in to every other conversation you want to have with them. How was your day? How do things, any challenges, what are you concerned about, how is school, uh, you have no homework, everything. But you have to cultivate the environment that allows for that engagement. Our children don't have parental support, so a number of them. The children that we are concerned about, that small 5% of children that are having these challenges with weapons and stuff, parental engagement is non-existent, right? And this is the challenge we are having, and this is why we are looking at support to families. How do we reach out to these families? with these children and support them. And I, I, I don't want to alarm the public because don't get the impression that um, at the Albany College Comprehensive School we have 90% of our students with challenges like this. No, it's a small number. It's a very small number. But the frequency at which we have to deal with matters involving that small percentage of students is alarming. And, and that, for me, they, they're crying out. Like yeah. Yeah. They're crying out. I saw a meme and, and my yeah. daughter was laughing at it. Um, I posted it on my WhatsApp. It had a baby, and it says the baby was saying the thing. The, the, the words above the baby was saying, "My foot is itching me, but my mother gave me a bottle." You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the baby might be the baby is crying out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not all the time that they cry out because they want to be fed, right. uh, right. comforted, right. and you right. don't know these things, right. and nothing changes where that is concerned. Right. Right. Children are crying out. I, right. you know, I spent a lot of time by the juvenile mm-hmm. uh, center right. and what's right. not, and these guys who are out now, out of jail or whatever, they don't they don't pass me any place. Right. Right. You understand? But it's just because you went and you had a simple conversation with mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. You let them know that they, they, they have potential right. and you believe in them. Right. I, ha- I had one guy, he told me, I asked him how he ended up there. He told me he used to get beat so bad at home. Mm-hmm. When he go to school, he just had to find somewhere, uh, somebody right. to take it out. Right. So he was fighting constantly right. in class. Right. Right. There's always something that leads to the to the behavior that we are seeing right. as a community, as church, as politicians, as teachers, as 
counselors, as as gardeners, plumbers, whatever it is, Angola is too small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Too small for us to be having to go through these issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some children, if you take your plumber, a child may be having difficulty in school. Mm-hmm. Children don't learn the same way. Right. And everybody is not academically inclined. Right. Put them in front of a computer, they gone down the road. Mm-hmm. Put them behind of a camera, they mm-hmm. gone down the road. And, and our system of education acknowledges that students come um, to the table with different abilities and different interests. And then our job is to meet them where they're at. That's all um, we're asking. And, 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 and that's something that we do, our, uh, we do our best within the resources that we have to, to, to try to accomplish. And, and parents have to view it in that same light, mm-hmm. right? Education is a partnership. When I, when I, when I uh, went back to the Department of Education in the position of CEO, I had thoughtful design a, a, a thing because I wanted to communicate on my first day Mm-hmm. what my approach to education is, what my philosophy is around, right? And it's about partnerships, right? And, and there's a graphic that was on education Facebook page for a while. I, it has since been taken down and replaced by, by another graphic. But it, it, it was designed by Thoughtful mm-hmm. to, to um, demonstrate the level of partnership between the home and the school and teachers and community uh, that must exist for a mm-hmm. successful education system. Uh, it's the same thing that Mrs. Carter tried to communicate repeatedly when she talked to parents and members in the community. What we are seeing at the Albina Lake College Conference School is a reflection of our community. Yeah. If mm-hmm. we want to solve the issues at the Albina Lake College Conference School, we must continue to do what we are doing well and be innovative and, and look at new strategies and so forth. But we have to also deal with the community, right? If we don't address the issues in our community, we will forever be dealing with the is- those issues in our schools, Right? And parents need to understand they are the bedrock mm. of the education system. Parenting is a proactive, full engagement enterprise. It is not something with hands off. I, I, I've sat in meetings with too many parents who tell me, Mr. Romney, I can't deal with him. I got to deal with him. Right? I, had a, I had a meeting with a parent where I had to actually send the child outside and say to that parent, don't ever do that again. Because what you're actually saying to that child when you, you say you can't, you give up, you're on your own, you do whatever you want. You cannot deal with your own child. Yes, you can. Tell me you don't have the strategies, you don't have the know-how. Tell me you need help in that. Mm-hmm. But don't tell me in front of your child you cannot deal with that child. You cannot address the issues with that child. I had to take a, we, I had to take a uh, um, difficult decision of separating three children last year from their... From their I don't want to expel them because I, and I'm uh, thankful to God I didn't expel because that was an option. I say, well, I'm thankful to God. Not that I didn't want to use expulsion, but it's terminal, right? And if you look at some of those children that we had to separate and put them in alternative, alternative education paths, um, I'm happy we did that. Because in one child in particular, the child got seven CXE subjects in the alternative path. Teacher Brent, I, I know we're way out of time. <laughs> I know we're way out of time. And I just got to share this story. Yeah. You and I both know an individual that came up under me, went mm-hmm. to our church. Yes. An environment is critical. As critical as the support system and those things that are under God. Right. We know this child was here fighting teachers, getting involved with the wars. Mm-hmm. Left from here, went to St. Thomas. Graduate top of the class. Yeah. I don't know what kind of scientist he is now right. with the U.S. Army, right. but he is like yeah. way up there, yeah. way up there. So, so, so to say you're giving up on a child, 
No, she and I appreciate died. the fact yeah. that you didn't you didn't take that she, role. She never she never give up on children on young persons, right? Uh, and and this this is what I'm trying to communicate with parents. Don't say that. It might look the situation might look hopeless. Doesn't mean it's hopeless. It looked that way. Change your approach. It, change your approach. Find out what the solution. Talk to us. One of the things we are doing right now in the Ministry of Social Development and Education is launching a family force, a, a family support program called Family Force, okay. where we are hoping to provide parents with those techniques, those strategies on how to deal with with, with, with challenges in the home. And it's going to cover. You gave me a new episode. Look. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we, we have this um, sort of thing between us. Yeah, that's coming up. Take note. But I, I think you know, in in all of this conversation, and this has been a heavy conversation, yeah, and I, I think it's it too. is a good precursor to what we are going to be going into. But my biggest takeaway from this was. And, and I, I'm hoping this is what you're saying, is that the education department has taken an approach of no child left behind. Correct. Because you said, you know, while it's not the majority of students, it might only be 5% of the students, right, right. those 5%, they still matter. They still matter to us. And we're not going to give up on them. And so, yeah. I know we are oh. well above and over time, Mr. Romney, this, is only, this is only the beginning because <laughs> I know before we started, I indicated that we are going to touch on some other topics and we did not get there. So we're definitely going to have you back. I just want to say thank you for coming on here to Progress Report. I know me and Ivan, we, our, our passionate side came out today and it's clear that we That's are concerned. That's not a bad thing. You make it sound like it's a bad thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. sometimes persons make it feel as if it's a no, bad thing. No, 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 no. But our concern for our children and the direction of this country is genuine and it's real. And to be able to engage in a conversation surrounding them and wanting to move in a direction that we can do best by all of our children. I think that is, that is something that I think all of us sitting here that we feel very strongly about. So again, thank you for coming on progress report. We look forward to having you back pretty soon. soon. And I will let Ivan take us out. (laughs) Thank you. I, um, for those of you who heard a little bit of passion in my voice, it wasn't anger. It was just that I, I, this is something that's very close to me. I, I, it's for that reason why I said I wouldn't teach again. Not the fact that you have to invest, but you bear the scars of these children that you come into contact with. Yeah. And it's 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 painful. Um, anybody that knows me knows if I go right for you, I go right for you to the ground. Mm-hmm. And I, I, before I go another way, <laughs> thank you um, for tuning in. We 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 have a few very deep um, and hard episodes coming up. I, I'll tell you that from now um, because the area of men- mental health and not just in the adults but in our children is something that we have to we have to meet head on. Okay. Um, I long for the day when, when we can see a lot of these issues addressed. When I was okay. going to school, the biggest fight that we had in high school at that point in time was with no knife and no gun. I can remember it to this day. They jumped one of the stocks. So you remember how that tree behind the bathroom? There one of those palm trees. That mm-hmm. One of them right. I see yes, against correct, correct, correct. That was That was wrestling for me. That was that was the biggest of yeah. fight that I saw in some rocks. Yeah. And our children have to be concerned about guns and knives. Mm-hmm. It's, it's We're going the wrong direction. Let's pull up the handbrake. Yes. Let's find a direction that we need to go. Right. And uh, it's been said over and over here. 
on this show today, and I'm going to say it again in closing, it requires all of us, parents, siblings, cousins, uncles, Correct. aunties, sisters, brothers, everybody's connected. I often say in Anguilla, we're interrelated, interconnected, and we're mutually vulnerable, and we have to address Correct. this together. Correct. On that note, thank you for tuning into Progress Report.